Welcome to Everything Time to Kill You. Woo! We're talking about Alien. I'm Megan. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Mary. And our lovely guest this time, Ben. Tell us about yourself. Hey, everybody. Uh, well, I uh, currently run uh, a board game store in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. That's yeah. cool. It is a cool. A lot of my time researching games, playing games, running games, running events... And since there's nothing else to do in Mississippi, I watch a lot of movies over and over again, like Alien. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) But you're also the hubby of one of our esteemed guests. That is true. Emily. That's that's probably my best known feature. I assumed everyone knew that. They're like, (laughs) who's that shadow back behind Emily? Oh, it's Ben. It's me. It's you. Yeah. Oh, what is he doing? Why is he? Ooh, why is he looking that? Oh, <laughs> oh I thought you were. You looked like you were scrolling through pictures on the internet, and I was like, Mary, pull it together, close that tab. We're Intercept. recording. It's so distracting, though. <laughs> For shame. But no, I was resizing my window okay, so that I could see all that's of your glorious acceptable. faces. You better. mean this face? The <laughs> interrogation face? No. Mary Kay, when you shine the light that way, you look like uh, you look like one of those uh, those drone hosts. I love that. Oh my god. Did you really just make that reference? Because that's my favorite thing that's <laughs> of ever course happened. I did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the very last show of that on Broadway. I read it in a living room with Mary Kay and some other people. Yeah. It was cheaper than Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I got to be the bad cop. It was awesome. <laughs> Nearly as exciting as meeting Jeff Goldblum. I've got to say. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> walked up and we were like, we're here to study theater. Like we were all like 17, 18, fresh to the city. Just parked himself with us for like five, ten minutes just talking about like, well, what, what techniques are you going to study? And He was very handsy. I, I mean, not, I don't feel violated or anything. He was just like someone who like touches you the whole time he's talking to you. That's probably true. I love Jeff Goldblum. Ours was a lot like that. <laughs> in a in a small apartment in middle Georgia. Yeah, it was a lot like that except yes. for um opposite. Yeah, it was basically like meeting Jeff Goldblum for the first time, but in but in a small apartment in Georgia. If Goldblum had rock star bangs and an especially juicy ass. Like uh Dallas? Yeah? Like those rock star bangs? Except for nothing like it at all. I'm talking about your hair, obviously. Uh, I have rock star bangs. I'm looking at them. I'm... <laughs> God, Mary Kay. I know, girl. That's what we're supposed to do, right? That's what we're doing now? <laughs> this is a choice that we made. When Mary Kay and I first met, I was like, this is how yeah. I have decided to handle that. Yep. For the rest of my life. And I recently had a moment where she caught me out having backslid real deep into talking myself down and apologies and stuff. And she was like, bitch, what are you doing? We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> Just say, I know. And then look at them like this. 
Mm-hmm. You're making me feel bad. I got socially conditioned to already be that way all the time. Yeah. It's this this beautiful maleness. So, Alien. Oh, yeah. Oh, that the thing the podcast is about? So I watched the director's cut, and then at, at Ben's wedding, he was like, why did you do that? They made him do that director's cut. You have to go watch the real one. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then I, I did that. And, well, tell me the significant differences. There were some scenes that are missing in this one, like in the theatrical one. I was of the understanding that the director's cut gets like minutes of footage added, not like a dramatic amount. They're really crucial minutes. The biggest thing is the discovery. uh, uh, At some point when Ripley's running around the ship near the end, she discovers Dallas and I think Brett uh in the basement and that is not in mm-hmm. yeah. uh the original version like we never know what happens to them Mm-mm. there's also some increase like there's some pacing things right. like and that's in the middle of her running around the ship there's suddenly a pause where she finds them and she kills them as you know but uh it really cuts mm-hmm. down on that sort of frantic pace towards the end where she's rushing back and forth and the right. timer's counting down right. and suddenly there's a slow moment and on top of that the mystery is just gone like we know where they went Mm. having never had that experience like the only one i've seen is the director's cut that was actually one of the moments that i had a really big reaction to with regard to this patriarchal conditioning we've been talking about i i i I couldn't imagine running for my life i have five minutes to get myself and more importantly this cat off the ship to then be confronted with i've been running around saving my ass what if I got here first? What if there's something I could have done? What if I could have just made different choices and I could have helped everybody? And that guilt of n- not having been aware. <laughs> yeah. I noticed it was really different, though. The first time I watched it, it wasn't very suspenseful. Like, I kind of dozed in the middle of it because the, the music was so soothing. It was really nice. <laughs> um, and I was tired. Um, how did they do those kind of solar system shots and it looks like real it doesn't look like campy special effects shit carlo rambaldi did he is the special effects and like visual effects artist that's behind close encounters et um king he did king kong he did you know the alien series so he's he's fairly well known he's been doing what he's been doing since the late 50s so he's kind of made a pretty big name for himself he designed the aliens in this film as well, but he has done... He's kind of a monster man, right? Yeah. So he's kept everything from designing to, like, visually and, like, on screen doing it as well as, like, even sculpting. Yeah, a lot of the special effects I thought were really super effective. Like, um, the face hugger is fucking terrifying. Who's fucked up nightmare invented that scorpion oyster? <laughs> And then how did they execute it? The face tuggers were put together on set with a combination of oysters and clams. I knew it looked like seafood, and that is why gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not all seafood, just, just those ones. When they're like, after it's dead-ish, um, Ash is like poking it, and he's like he like lifts part of it, and I was just like, uh, stop, uh-uh, no. You know that thing smells bad. It smells like bad coma breath. 
You know it does. Because that was on, what's the guy's face who wears the tidy whities And then also he wears like this weird shift onesie jumper thing that like. You're asking about Kane? Lace, yes, Kane. Do you know yeah, that? Do you know that like the onesie jumper I'm talking about though? Yeah, with a weird open V neck. It's like a poet it shirt. It just keeps going. Yeah, but it just laces all the way down. As though he is all the way. The both the bodice ripper and the wearer of yes. the ripped bodice. When he passes out and that that face hugger gets him, it gets him, man. Like it. Oh <laughs> my god. And then they try to like pinch the leg and then it tightens. Ooh. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. And they try to cut it right above its little knuckle and it leaks acid through like seventeen and a half floors. Yo. It would be dope to bleed acid, though. Yeah, I imagine it would be like when you pee when you have a UTI, but other people feel it. It would. Very daggery. Exactly, like daggers. But like, like daggers on fire. Yeah. But other people, not me. What? <laughs> yes. Fire daggers, and then it's also like, okay, is the knife still in there? Because I can't tell. Uh, yeah. Fire daggers. Mmm, that's what we're saying from now on. <laughs> it's just going to be like a, a corkscrew. Like, that's what it's going to be. Yes, and we're going to twist it. Like, if you took a corkscrew and you like you heated it up real nice. That's on fire. And then you, like, rolled it in some sand. and then... That's what I imagine that acid <laughs> feels like. <laughs> a corkscrew UTI. <laughs> and then when you finally rip it out, you, like, rub some salt Ooh. in it. This is what it's like to bleed acid. This podcast is entirely based on fact. There's um, a lot of interesting fluids being bled in this movie. Like the robot has the milk mm-hmm. or Alfredo mm-hmm. sauce. It's like, you know how when it gets kind of cold, it clumps up. The Parmesan is like back to Alfredo my people. <laughs> and also, what are those tubes? Are they condoms? Which, which there are so many tubes, girl. I think they are. There's a lot of tubes in this film. When they rip Ash's head off and he's bleeding Alfredo sauce. Intergalactic space cam? No, but there is a part when Dallas puts his hand in what looks like alien cum. Intergalactic space cum, I think is what you mean. The slime on the alien is KY, it's lube. I thought it looked familiar. (laughs) I believe they use actual, like, condoms and different latex prophylactics in the construction i knew it like the uh the molten skin (laughs) what do you call it when like reptiles molt then Mm -hmm. shed i was right really i overthought it but also like when it's brett that picks it up i'm like don't touch that it's covered in ky yeah (laughs) it's gonna slide right out (laughs) yeah just just leave it where you found it don't touch it also, that's covered in KY. How do you pick He's that got up? dirty, gritty mechanics fingers. Dirty everything. Oh, whoa. Okay, <laughs> I've had so many reactions to that so quickly. Whew. Dirty, gritty mechanics hands. Come on. Yeah. He's got some traction. I think the opening of Alien is just one of the best yeah. that I've seen. Because it just establishes this sort of slow, quiet, cold dread. Establishing shots. Um, getting lost in tunnels, all sorts of cool shit that sounds beautiful. You know, we start on the outside of the ship in space. The ship looks like Mm -hmm. a gun. If you actually look at it, it looks like a long gun and has these weird protuberances 
uh, you head inside, you start weaving through the different like hallways, this very labyrinthine. And um, it takes, I don't, I forgot to go back and count actually how many minutes it takes for us to actually see something human. It takes about 15. Yeah. Jeez, is it that long? I know because I was so bored. I was like, this is how you can tell it's been 40 years. Because I'm like, I know, it's space. It's a spaceship. (laughs) It is beautiful work. Okay, I had about 20, 30 moments of like, is it going to happen? Anything. I think it's kind of cool, though, because I didn't know that any... Was there Were there any other movies similar to this before this that were done well? Really, Scott was inspired by Star Wars. Which had just come out literally two years before. Oh, okay. That's what I was trying to figure out. Is, like, is this like an establishing shot because it's like brand new? Or is it like, I'm going to do this, but do it better? A little bit of both. So he was inspired by Star Wars. He was inspired by 2001 A Space Odyssey. And he was inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Those are the three movies that he felt came together to make this. Alternatively, an exec described it to another exec as Jaws in space. I can see it. Absolutely. So the establishments of shots reminded me very much of, of 2001. And once once the music really kicked into gear, once the score was really like coming I love up, it. Flowing. Uh-huh. First of all, I hadn't looked anything up yet, like I said, and I immediately had the moment of, oh, right. Of course he loves 2001. We all love 2001. 2001 is beautiful. This is the the homage. This is the the, the steel and use. I, I don't mean that negatively. That That's what it's it's art. That's what you, you do. You, Were yeah. y'all also like when the camera was like going around inside the spaceship, like look at that crappy computer. Why is it in a sans serif font? Like, mm-hmm. did you guys notice that too? Because I was like, oh my God, you're in space. And this yeah. is like DOS. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, it does. Well, you've also got to remember when this movie came out. I mean, technology in 1979 was not super high-tech by any means. Yeah, no shit. And then, well, well, that, and then you have, you know, you consider this is a, it's a space movie as far as, I mean, the timing of when it, where it kind of goes on, like the great space race had really honestly just kind of ended before we got here in 61, Yuri Garrigan was a Russian cosmonaut and he was the first person to even make it into orbit. So that's not even 20 years before that. And we landed on the moon in 1969. So like just 10 years before. So what we knew of space was, was 69. God, God damn Mary. <laughs> anyway. It's the great beyond. The final frontier. Yeah, so what we knew about space was still relatively new, and then computers took up a whole fucking room. So, I mean, that's basically what sci-fi was. It was just blinking lights and weird robotic voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as the shots go, I mean, I say they're beautiful shots, but I will I will say what I thought they did that was different than others was to make it less about the spectacle of space yeah. and, like, the beauty of space, and it be more of, like, look at this flying hunk of garbage and all of these exposed wires and disgusting looking hallways. I mean, it's dirty in there. It's so dirty. I mean, it's kind of everyone smokes in space. Oh yeah. It's disgusting in there. Like it's meant it's also 
Can you smoke in space? That doesn't seem like a thing we can do. You could do. in the 70s. You could do anything. Yeah, you smoke everywhere. That's true. That's but, like, true. is it physically possible yeah. to smoke in space? I Googled it. I Googled it just now. Uh, no, you couldn't technically smoke in space because in order to oh. be able to... Breathe? Well, I think this is talking about outside, not on a spaceship. To be able to smoke outside, you need to be wearing a spacesuit, which has an oxygen supply. Well, this ship, I'm sure, has a pretty significant oxygen supply. Yeah itself so no you can't because as soon as you light up a cigarette your whole ship's gonna ignite violently so can you smoke and say no ridley scott you cannot Um, but megan but megan and mary (laughs) and ben listen in space i'm listening everyone smokes it's cool you're right also this is the distant future (laughs) the distant future once they figured out uh, artificial gravity, the first thing I did was right. figure out how we could smoke in space. That's probably the, the next step. Prior- Priorities of the, the 70s. I mean, it's stressful out Because you know, if they got DOS that can take them into space and artificial gravity, they have figured out how to enjoy cigarettes without cancer. That's right. That's probably true. However, they don't have Siri or Alexa. They have Mother, which is like a fucking magic eight ball. It's like, she like, does not compute. Does not compute. Try again later. Try again later. So she is Siri. I don't know. Basically. I always thought Siri yeah. was fucked up because she can't understand my accent. I have to like talk like a newscaster and like she's a little bit worse than me. Like that's when Siri recognizes my voice. Otherwise she's like, I didn't hear what you said. Were you looking for this thing that's totally different from what you said because your accent makes you sound unintelligible? Isn't that what you meant? She's a mean girl. Series on but mother is worse. Mother is like just this she emoji is. all the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Two hands up, head cocked. Mother's like, <laughs> yeah. like you came with your father, and I wouldn't mind if you died. <laughs> She's more like second mother. <laughs> also, mother is to, for me. Like I said, I could see the inspiration from from. From Star Wars, I could see 2001. I've not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sure if I had, I could see that too. You hate me? Um, Okay, so I could see all these things. I didn't feel anything felt, anything got derivative or, or troublesome to me in any way of like, I've already seen this until Mother. Like once I realized the kind of role Mother was gonna play here, I was like, so you're like, so you're like if they lobotomized how? So you're like a less interesting how. Like, you're just like a broken box. What the hell, guys? I think it's kind of cool that they don't really need that system, though, for a long time. Like, they're just having dinner. Like, uh, Parker and Brett, like Ben was saying, um, they're just like chilling. They have a handshake. They're both mechanics. Like, they're they're clearly like friends and the others are like you're not our friend except for Ripley she seems to be kind of parallel to everyone um slash better than but I do like how she's not she's not easily intimidated so got it like how she's just a representative of the corporate interests in like a robot form so I would expect her to be less interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I, if I think about, like, I used to work at Target. They were bright and sunny days, let me tell you. I felt good about myself. 
Um, but when I think about the version of mother that Target <laughs> would create versus the one, right, versus <laughs> the one that, like, a startup that, like, some, some Austin startup full of bros who are just, like, drunk on what they can do. I'm like, let's make it more. There's a big difference there. I feel like the Target mother would have just been useless. Like, what? All you do is make everything harder. I hate this. Your face, like, looked genuinely disappointed. Right I mean, then. it's the same feeling I have about, like, Siri can't understand the Southern <laughs> accent. Are you for real? Are you for real? She's getting better. She does learn. Uh, yeah, that's, which is also a problem, as 2001 showed us, but, um, and, you know, Westworld is really going to town on that right now, but the, um, I can't tell you how many black folks have been like, oh, I don't use her, she can't understand me. And facial recognition doesn't recognize darker skin tones as well as it recognizes lighter ones. So, while we're talking about um, race and black people in horror movies, I was very happy that Parker didn't die first because I saw those pods and I was watching it with my friend and I was like, who do you think's gonna die first? And it was it it's just like a trope of the genre, but it yeah. this movie yeah. didn't do nope. any of the stuff that I thought it was gonna do, which I like. I like that a lot. Um and also I thought that all the characters uh I think when someone said this earlier, but like there's yeah. no um there's no romantic interests among any of them, and I like yeah, that no. because there couldn't be. You couldn't have that in space. You really cannot get away from that person. It's like the office romance worst case scenario. Like there's no getting, and they they're like, oh, we're only six weeks away from Earth. I'm just gonna nap for a while. Like what the. Yeah, so I thought that was cool, and I thought that all of the characters, like I was, I was reading up about it a little bit, and um, they were gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Like all of the characters could be cast as men or women. Like, and I thought that was kind of cool too. And the outfits, jumpsuits, flight suits. Yeah. Nothing showy. Nothing form fitted. It's. It's a workplace. Yeah. The first time I realized, like, the only people left are the women and the black guy. I was like, finally we did it. <laughs> We're not dead. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> we prevailed. I say every time I watch, I'm like, why, why can't Lambert just get out of the way? Just get out of the way, Lambert. Lambert oh, is so I annoying. Oh my gosh. Oh, can we talk about that though? <laughs> can we talk about that though? Just move. Can we yeah. talk about that though? Because I, ooh, you don't know what you're going to do in a crisis situation and hurt. You don't know what you're going to do until it's happening. Because, I mean, even to a point, if you've done it before, you may not get the same reaction. Yeah, but don't they have, like, space boot camps? Exactly. Like, isn't that what it's for? Exactly. Like, isn't that why you go exactly. through all that training? So, for people who are put into these, like, really intense circumstances. And granted, this is a commercial ship. So, it and it sounds like space travel is is, is pretty commonplace for them. Like, none of them have even been to Earth. Um, but, even so... 
because of these same demands you're describing, like you can't get away from this. You, you can't change the laws of time and physics. Like if you're out there and it's going to take you six months to get back, that's it. It, it takes you six months. Well, you think about the amount of training we went through in AmeriCorps and we weren't even expected to do restraints. The fact yeah. that it took two weeks to give us plenty of time to be like, what happens here? Oh, no, I'm out. And that was just for like, you know, doing guitar club and right. theater games. Um, I was, I just, I felt like if the whole point of this is to establish that Ripley is that brave when she goes and does the thing, I didn't, I didn't need this. I've seen the monster. Holy hell. I get like, it's, I'm, it's already terrifying. I don't need, I don't need this fucking embarrassing shit. Let's talk about Captain Dallas. What are your thoughts about Dallas, Ben? Dallas is a man who feels the pressures of having to act like a man. That's very true, yeah. I mean, this isn't to let him off the hook for how he treats Ripley, uh, but he certainly feels like, uh, I'm the captain in command, I can't afford to show weakness, and I think he views accepting uh, input as weakness. So anytime anyone wants to speak to him about that, um, he becomes aggressive about it. So he's an interesting representation of sort of that like masculine stereotype of being in command and and being unwilling to show weakness and unable to show weakness to maintain that masculinity. And he can't handle challenges to that. Yeah, especially because, I mean, like to build on your point, he kind of... That's... Uh, Ripley is the level-headed one to me, it seems like. Um, oh, definitely. Right. Like, she's the one holding it down. No, she should be in charge. That's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and she's the one, like, in the, well, I don't know, what do you call it, mothership, while they're all, like, on this exploratory thing. Uh, I think it's either her or Ash who's like, oh, the eggs are under, like, this, uh, is, don't break that, like, that uh, mist because they know it when you do that. And then Kane immediately is like, let me jump down here. Right? Isn't that basically what happens? Yeah, let me do the exact opposite of what you said. And then he gets the face hugger. And then... Doesn't he, doesn't he get... I think he trips. Doesn't he get pulled? Oh, he trips. Okay. Like, he... Okay, I was like, I was gonna say, I didn't feel like he jumped in there, but, like, he broke the thing and was like, ooh, and it had a weird reaction, and he tumbled. And even so, it was reckless. I did, I did think it's cool, though, that, like, Ripley is saying that as he's falling down or ash whoever is talking to him at that point because we're like oh don't go oh shit he's down there like it's like immediate you know i think it must be dallas because ash and ripley can't communicate oh so dallas is the one telling him space okay it must be dallas telling me be careful i'm trying to remember the exact moment you're referring i know where you're referring to i'm trying to remember the line but but Dallas is definitely, if, if yeah. the crew is a family unit, uh, if we're to leave it that okay. way, the Dallas is definitely the father representative, Ripley's definitely the mother representative, and they're dealing with their squabble gotcha. children. Okay. So then, yeah, that makes sense, because then Dallas is the one who's like, let me bring him back, let me bring him back, and Ripley's like, no, I need to know more about this situation, and he's like, will you shut up and do what I say? And she's like, no. <laughs> 
Right, like you're not being unclear. I understand what you're asking for, but why don't you just sit in the corner and smoke some space cigarettes while I sort out everything and save everyone's life? Oh yeah, Dallas isn't firm. Right. He, like I said, he postures, but he really doesn't have the sort of firmness to to maintain order. <laughs> he doesn't have the range. <laughs> he, does, he does not have range either. Oh man, yeah, and he also like snaps on Brett and Parker. When 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 Parker's like, I want to go home and party. Oh yeah. He's like, Why don't you just do what you're supposed to do? Oh, and he's yeah. like, I am. This is what I the contract that I signed. Yeah. Oh, everybody does. I mean, Brett and Parker. If, the, if this is family, <laughs> yeah. they are the stepchildren that the others feel superior to, but are not willing to say so. You keep coming back to this. Do you need to talk? This whole like family metaphor. Everything okay? <laughs> nope. Just. Speaking to what the movie <laughs> is putting out there, there are no family problems here. I mean, you can't you can't help family things when you have yeah. a a, sh- a, a ship yeah. system called Mother. Right. That was birthed at the beginning out of these pods. Mm-hmm. When there's a giant sex alien mm-hmm. coming to impregnate you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else are you going to talk about? Mm-hmm. It's a good metaphor. I like it. But no, Brett and Parker definitely feel super unappreciated. They really don't feel like they belong in the unit at times. But like, none of this could happen without them. They're super important to what's going on. If you've ever been in a circumstance where you where you were trapped in a sense with with right coworkers, (laughs) I say if knowing that I'm at least one of you has. <laughs> where there's just this much forced intimacy, um, you know, I think about like people who like go to war and shit, like you know, like that kind of That's experience. True. You, you yeah. can't get away from each other. You also you reach a point where even if you want to, you you are not the same away from those people. Like you've all become this now glommed up thing that when you're together is and does something totally different that that's so hard to understand it's it's really insular and uh i'm i really one of my favorite moments is that that brief brief bit of joy before um the chest explosion um where they just sit down to eat and they're just shooting the shit and making each other laugh exactly right. and that moment of uh, which is important right to remind us of their humanity to remind us of these relationships oh yeah before before we we lose our first so uh, yes raise the stakes so that was mm-hmm. that was a it's one of my favorite moments though just i love of, that also yeah the way that parker and ripley interact when she's like, we gotta kill right. it. The the rhythm of them inter- of their of their speech, the way they are like, yes, interrupting each other, but also not, and also he's not even disagreeing with her. He's yeah. just upset and needs to speak, and she's upset and needs to speak, and they even know they're not totally disagreeing. They're just trying to figure out who has to say the thing right now. And I was like, this is, and they're both yelling, but not at each other. They're not mad at each other. They're both just freaked out. I don't think they're even looking at each other. Like, she's in the foreground, and he's behind her, and she's like, we have to kill it. And he's like, that's what I'm about to do. And she's like, but can't, we need to make a plan first. Can you sit down and listen to me? 
And he's like, no, I need to kill it. (laughs) They're frantically just talking through the situation, like at each other versus Mm -hmm. to each other. Oh yeah. Like I said, I love a, I love a woman who's like, um, no rules are rules. You're quarantined. That's me. This whole house can be on fire, but I'm going to be like, but what about the plan that we created? Can we make a plan? Let's try not to stray from it. That's me. (laughs) Sit there by yourself and die because rules is rules. Yeah. I also like that Parker's saying like some pretty real logical requests and they're not like uh i don't know they just kind of go around him where he's like how come you guys don't freeze him like till we get back like why don't you just freeze him (laughs) and they're like oh yeah we'll just yeah and then ash is like well we don't know anything about it yet yeah and then um there's another line too uh what about our lives, you son of a bitch? That's one of my favorite lines, too. <laughs> but he has, a, a, like, several lines like that. I mean, it's a good point. Yeah. And then while we're, I mean, while we're talking about, um, somebody wrote in the outline that it's a class issue also. Only at the beginning, though. Yeah, there's a little yeah. bit of that. Um, I, it, yeah, it becomes, things get a little more even when right. people start dying. Yeah, then we're in a survival situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, the barriers are dropped at that point. Well, isn't that life? Right. Their costumes are significantly different from the others oh, yeah. as well. Like they're, which I thought was interesting because I noticed it and I was like, why are they dressed weird? And then it's like, oh, because they're like in a 70s subculture. Right. That makes actual sense. Um, <laughs> um, and then Brett only says, right? What's that about? Well, I think that's just when he has this whole, like, right scene and he's uh, pretending to mm-hmm. play dumb, essentially. I mean, we have, it, with with Brett and Parker, you know, we have this, this duo here that's sort of, if there are classes on the ship, then they're the lower class, the mechanics people, who are, are just as vital, but um, obviously not as appreciated for their skills, um, even though without anything, I mean, they fixed the ship when it's crashed on the planet, and they would never have gotten off without them. But mm-hmm. um, I think they they kind of form their right. own little their own little unit as like defense mechanism. I mean, the first interaction of Parker and the rest of the crew, like he walks up to Ash and he's like, "You're in my seat." Uh, he actually says that and makes Ash get up and go somewhere <laughs> else. So there's all an initial antagonism, which is what makes this crew so interesting because they don't start out as just like everything's great, and then there's an alien. It's like no, there's some problems here right um because they're all part of a corporate unit they're humans you have already if you already been trapped in space for a minute yes there are some problems (laughs) problems yes like their underwear what the hell we'll all be doing it in what the hell 30 years i don't remember the year it says at the beginning of the movie that and then also all the boys panties are like sagging and bagging and dragging and they are panties. That, Just oh, wash no. them. Put them in the dryer. Damn. Trade them. I just want to know if it was a wardrobe <laughs> mistake. Those are just like significantly too small panties. I don't know how you make that error. 
Y'all couldn't get her no big girl panties? Why? Why she can't have... Honestly, that took me out more than anything. I was like, I refuse to believe. She just ran all the way around that ship. Saved herself and the cat. In those undies. Like, that's that would be so uncomfortable. It would be so distracting. How could you focus? And never stopped one time to pick a wedgie. That's, that's the most unrealistic thing about this film. Is if that's the panty she was wearing, <laughs> that she didn't stop to pick a wedgie one damn time. Not the dick oyster hell beast, but those panties. <laughs> yes. Was it sex appeal for that? I never really understood it because I always thought it made her look strange. I don't know if it's supposed to make her look juvenile or like it someone grown. Super, I, I never understood the Super purpose. duper bothered me that at any point at the end that we made this whole entire movie with Ripley just being this badass woman that she is that takes charge no matter how much people try to counter argue with her that she sticks to her done. She gets shit done. She's the final girl. They're like, I know y'all were waiting for this. Here's Ripley's ass. No, leave her in her damn jumpsuit. I agree that it's still done. While it was happening, I was like, what do we really have to? When I realized the panties didn't fit and stuff, I was like, this isn't sexy though. Like, like this looks no, it's not sexy. No. It's well. She's super hot. Remember, mm-hmm. she tells mother to turn the the air back on. She's like, turn the the cooling unit on, and she's like, you bitch! And she like beats the uh, the yeah whatever I don't know the box that holds the um AI in it. And also like she's she runs all the way out and then is sweating and she's by herself. Exactly. I definitely the way she undressed. I was like. I, I feel like I'm disappointed it's happening, and yet... I mean, that's true, and I get it. I guess I just didn't feel like it was super-duper right. necessary in that regards. But I think it was done more to make her... To show off, like, vulnerability more so than showing off her bod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I definitely... The way she undressed, I was like... I, I, I feel like I'm disappointed it's happening, and yet... What is the first thing I do if I come home and I'm alone? Oh, I had the I had the aha of just like a plot point that works in this context because when she goes to get into the suit, I was like, "Oh, if she were wearing her whole uniform, this would be a lot harder to do without waking the fucker up." I'm not sure it's sleeping. I don't know what it's doing up in there. Like it was just like <laughs> spooning it's the just, ship apparatus. I don't know. Just hanging out, living its best life, Mary. <sighs> okay, well. That's, that's fun for it I think it crams itself in there in a rush and gets stuck this might have always been my best guess because it had a sense that the ship was going to explode so it crammed itself in and hid yeah but then how does it get out found its way out <laughs> it took its time getting out because I mean clever. It's, it's like any predator that knows his prey is hopelessly outmatched it, it doesn't have a time constraint that's why she kicks it in the ass a little bit. <laughs> also, to quote Ash about these creatures, its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility, which is now my online dating profile bio. <laughs> I just, I feel like, I feel like really that's the aesthetic that Mary Kay has achieved. Yes. 
evil and, perfection. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's okay, girl. Me but too. I mean, but what, for what real though. Did we say something about like being like a Salem witch, but something else? Someone the pilgrims remember. would have stoned to death. You call me that once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I stand. I stand by it. It's sexy. But yeah. So, uh, what is the point of Ash being a robot? I mean, he's just. I don't know. I didn't understand why that was. Scariest part for me, hands. Yeah. Down. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how scary, but the part that was hardest to watch was him having his snap where he's like, no, I can be one too. Dude, that's a magazine. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Also, and then like the milk, <laughs> yeah. which again, like Westworld spoilers everywhere, but yo, did they just watch this? Like, did the writers watch this and go straight back to the room like, okay, we know what we're going to do. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I really think that Ash just was there to be, I mean, for the sake of science fiction, honestly. he's. I mean, he's pure, like, computational, technological logic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have real human emotions. He's true, like, it's on or it's off. There's, you know. Yeah. Or does he? He's just. That's. I wonder that because you, you. Well, true. He does. I mean, he talks about admiring the alien, which one admiration seems something that's not logical. That's fairly human. Yes. And he admires the the cold hostility of the alien specifically because I mean Ash kills tries to kill Ripley we see that and mm-hmm. of course he chooses the least efficient most weirdly brutal way that is clearly venting his frustration with Ripley kind of badgering him all along because it, Ripley's been on to him I mean and again he acts very human in that so it's it's interesting that 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 flaw is a very human flaw mm-hmm. and that's actually what gets him defeated. Interesting. Yeah, and his his best efforts to to emulate the the coldest, most unfeeling thing he can. He behaves in the most imperfect, hmm. unreasonable way. Yeah. Is that oh, what I it is? So. I mean, I, I really, I wasn't sure about this. I just, I was like, is he seriously just copying it? Uh, I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's um, just domination. I mean, speaking to like the fear of rape, that is going on throughout this whole movie, the fear of rape, sexuality. I mean, it's... He does throw onto a bunk surrounded by naked women cutouts. Uh, if, you, if you all caught that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely a mixture of both of that. He doesn't know... It's his way. Like, he doesn't know how to... <clears throat> properly do this, but he's definitely just going for the dominance portion. I mean, that's rape in general. It's just asserting yeah. a dominance, having control. Um, and this is the way he knows how, with the magazine. Gross. Yeah, it is disgusting. It's one of the most disturbing yeah. parts that... It's one of the most fun to talk about, but disturbing, to say the least. That's true. Yeah. I... Yeah. And he's the corporate interest incarnate. Isn't it so fitting that this, like, horrible, like quasi-rape scene robot happens from you know the agent of a bunch of corporate dudes out there somewhere this this would be the way that they take <laughs> it out on their lowly female employee yeah. 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 You go, robot do what you do it's terrible but that's it sounded like you said you go robot nope, i did not and then said it's terrible and i was like this was mm. a roller coaster <laughs> 
This was a thrill ride on par with the movie itself. Nope, Go Robot was never, <laughs> never a part of it. <laughs> Not sure I got Go Robot from that. Well, it's, he said he literally said, "You go, robot." Oh, he, it was his tone? Like his tone of voice didn't say that. Got it. I was like, speaking as the corporate what? stooges, they say, yeah. "You go, robot." <laughs> uh, there you go. Speaking as me, I'm just horrified, like everyone else. <laughs> right. Also, the robot. I was like, "Damn, Bilbo! How many times are you gonna gross me out and scare me?" I know it was great. I love seeing Bilbo out there. Because he has that moment in, yeah, because he has that oh, moment yeah. in Fellowship where he like, <laughs> the ring. Yeah. The best CGI they had in 2003 like, or whatever it was. Oh. He's there. Yeah, he's so good. He was a great was... Lear too. Did a production at yeah. King Lear and I loved him in that too. He's got range. Oh, he's fantastic. He? But yes, that's Ash, sorry. Yeah. So what about like the complete opposite in Abash? You know, Ash is there and he's like this big bundle of technology, but then, you know, obviously not like a main character by any means, but still important to kind of know to talk about. You have like the cat. Oh, Jonesy. <laughs> well, the bad cat. Well, and, yeah. So it's like the complete opposite. It's like the only, other than them, it's the only like natural thing in their environment besides the people themselves. And... No, there's in like the actual the novelization of this. I don't know if anybody else has read it at all. There's a couple passages like in the book, and they're from the point of view of the cat, which is kind of interesting. Passages are anything but mm, warm. Sleep here. No, I don't buy it. (laughs) I feel less good about this novelization now. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're like they're very observant thoughts, which. Mm-hmm. Kind of That's is a very different cat provoking. Than mine. mine is like, I'm gonna lay here. They're a author's device. Yeah, that's pretty much what a it was. Real device to implant a narrator. Yeah, these crazy. Which humans. obviously the cat didn't serve that role in the film at that point. It kind of was a way, at least for me, it seemed like a place for Ripley to kind of implant her maternal instincts that she was kind of working with through the whole movie. You know, she's trying to take care of everybody and taking, you know, getting shit done. But then she's like, you little piece of shit, you're coming with me. You know, she saves this little ragged cat. It's a very humanizing thing. That's part Mm -hmm. of the reason we have them in the first place, right? Animals in general, pets. Is that it... It... Being responsible for something. Yeah. Yeah. Especially something so helpless. Yeah, well, I don't know if... My cat actually is. I know most cats are fine in the wild. Mine would die horribly. Oh, yeah. Or do what he did to me. Be turned out and just walk up to a different door and start shrieking. (laughs) And be taken in by that. He's got an agenda. It worked um, before. It might work again. Yeah, it has. He's gotten multiple families to feed him, thinking that he was a stray. Oh, good. Like, he ditches his collar, goes to another house, gets fed, comes home, gets fed... I've met people out and about who are like, oh, that's your cat? And I'm like, yes. The dickweed. That's why he's not allowed outside anymore. Trickster. But, um, but yeah, it, it's a humanizing thing. It reminds you of this kind of wordless warmth. Yeah. That, that can't be faked. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be reproduced. Um, it can't be coded. It's 
because you, you can't communicate not really not not in a way that makes sense to it with this yeah. creature you're just <clears throat> loving it anyway and it loves you anyway yeah and you know it loves you even though you don't speak its language and it doesn't speak yours and everything is bizarre and you feel so you trust each so other you're dependent on mm-hmm. each other in your own ways and the cat definitely its presence like i said kind of shakes us out of this world of computers and wires and blinking lights and mm-hmm. i think that that is necessary i think especially kind of looking at how the times have changed now in 2018 we are so unbelievably like wrapped up and dependent in our technology and i think that's kind of what made this movie kind of frightening Mm -hmm. is to look at i know like if i'm ever out and about and my phone dies like my world has ended like people can't get in touch with me i can't get in touch with people but in this you know they're up in space they're so unbelievably wrapped up in their technology that they have right now and it's created this massive divide between nature and technology and the cat's kind of there and like brings us back to the natural side a little bit but i think what makes the dependence on technology scary in this film is it comes to a point when you're so dependent on it but when shit hits the fan like it can't help you so right but what, what i love about if anything it can hurt yeah, yeah it turns on you as what i love as mother does as hal did what i love about the cat is how like i, I i'm because i love cats I mean, i'm a big cat person but Gross. what strikes me about the cat is how unlovable it really is which i think <laughs> is because it doesn't really cuddle with people it really is unlovable. <laughs> well, I didn't want to like shit on anybody's parade, but like I hate that cat. It kills Brett. Brett's like it's a cat. It's not doing anything wrong. Whatever. Brett was my fave. I like Brett. Also, I felt like there was there were that was a lot. That took like multiple human errors to get there, right? That yes, it, it, I understand the impulse to say like we should. We should catch it so we don't have the same thing happen. Also, especially Ripley, like, you seem to have it together. How is that the priority? If you go chasing down the cat and you recatch the cat, cool, no one's dead. Let it go. And if you get the chance to catch it again, catch it, then you can be sure. How was sending him off alone to catch a cat? Has anyone ever tried to catch a cat? Are you joking? Girl, you're about to spend like 20 minutes of your life <laughs> trying to catch the same damn cat. It's difficult. They can get into places you can't. They jump, whatever the fuck. Like, how was that the reasonable way to handle that when you know there's a death worm dick running around? A death worm dick. <laughs> I thought it was a four foot long snake. They didn't know it was a giant beast at that point. Also, Brett dropped the net. Let's not forget that Brett dropped the net. Let it get away in the first place. So <laughs> he just held the net up. Well, I think it helps. Yeah, I think it helps Ripley kind of come to terms with being alone for that long. So I get that. I get it being important, but I liked Brett a lot, and I don't know. The cat was antagonizing me. <laughs> As they generally do. <laughs> so, um. I was gonna say, it's true. Yeah. Alien franchise spoiler, but the cat does outlive Jonesy. Ripley, so. Deal the, with you know, it. There's the running joke, right? That, like, if you actually made a horror movie with all black people, nothing would happen. 
Because yep. there'd be a creek in the attic and I'd be like, oh, fuck no, lock it up. And just never, like, no movie now. The killer's locked in the attic. Bye-bye. So I felt like, for me, I was like, oh, my God. We have the, we have a black guy. The cat is like... who's like nope and just like runs the fuck away when they're like we have to catch you though we have good reasons it's like um turn around bitch take care (laughs) of that alien i i'm good you take your worry about yourself i've got this i'm fine do your thing fair point like they do have to go back to sleep though yeah well I mean, I, to be fair, the cat, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure it understands that. Yeah, My cat doesn't understand that he's supposed to sleep when I sleep. Still. My cat doesn't understand anything. She's so go? cute. She keeps it. popping up on that chair behind you, and I'm just, like, enchanted. Yeah. Look at her spin. Deal. <laughs> yeah, Cersei loves the back of the chair. She just likes Cersei? to sit up there. While we're talking about Cersei. beasts, what about this xenomorph? Because we talked about the face hugger at some length. We did. But what about... The bit, the adult form. Also, on this outline, we wrote sexuality, which is oh. how I want to say it from now on. Oh my god, I did. I did sex sexuality. That's the sexy way to say it. That's the name of this episode. Sexuality. That's my best typo ever. Sexuality. That's my mixtape. I'll y'all back off. I'll send you a SoundCloud link. Just shut up. Um... <laughs> No, uh, the xenomorph is actually a cockroach with a slimy dick in it, right? And as Mary Kay said, it has too many knees, Basically. and for that, it must pay with its life. That's correct. I stand by that. <laughs> it also has too many mouths. Its mouth opens up, and then a baby Another one mouth comes pops out. out. It's like a Pez dispenser with another mouth. <laughs> That's for the dick. If one Pez dispenser looked like a cockroach and the other looked like a dick. A dick and the roach. Pez was a it's dick. Like a... Instead of a Pez coming out, instead of like a mediocre candy coming out where you're like, this is fine, but you know what I really want, then it's a dick instead. Right? A dick that can bite you? Can't all dicks bite you, though? I mean, probably. Figurative, metaphorically, absolutely, yes. 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 <laughs> Figuratively, yes, but literally, what men have you slept with? Then, still none. That's I not healthy. No, I mean, like, I just mean, like, you should talk to someone. Also, oh, that's no. kind of like awesome. Emily though. keeps telling me that too, but they're expensive. That's true. That's true. That's true. But, the best okay. biting dick therapist they- are <laughs> So it's a cockroach Sad note about Pez healthcare. dispenser with a dick with, for a tongue. Instead of mm-hmm, instead of a Pez, it's a dick. And a head. And a head. It's got a dick yeah. head and a dick tongue. And so a dick if tail. you're listening and you can draw okay. and you draw this for us, twenty dollar gift card for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Also yeah. um I'm not in on that. Oh god. It's just dicks all the way help. down. I don't need a different version. Okay. All right. Dicks all the way down. Uh, title of my memoir. In addition to it being like a, a, a crazy rape nightmare where men get impregnated and babies pop come out of their 
rib cage, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that's really scary about this. Another is that um, the baby that you birth is like can rape you in, in many ways because it's all dicks. And also, the way you get away from this monster and the raping is uh, to go into space by yourself. And that's where the agoraphobia, I think, comes in because it goes from like terrible to like catastrophic, which is a lateral move to me. Like that would be, I could see that. I don't know, as scary, I think. And then also, like, this is, like, their regular work scenario that ha that in which this happens. Yeah. Where they're woken up midstream, and it's like, are we there? No, we're not there. What's happening? There's an SOS? Should we rescue them? You sure it's an SOS? No. I'm not sure. Let's go see. Pit stop in hell. Right. Pit stop in hell. This is why exactly. you should mind your own damn business. That's the whole moral of this movie. Mind your own Stay. fucking business. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Don't Same. work for corporations. Corporate orders. Worry about yourself. And you won't die. <laughs> exactly. That's. I feel like I've actually heard staff say that to kids. Mm -hmm. Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. Yep. And you I die. say daily yep. at my job daily yeah well you know you're in my old line of work our old line of work well i always say if you give me more money and also i don't want to hear it i want to go home and party that's what parker says i was gonna say like if we were to cast ourselves amongst this group of humans i i i wish i were parker but i'm not you're parker I feel like I want to be the good parts of Parker, but really I'm the hothead where it's like, I'm going to go fuck some shit up. And then one of you guys is going to have to be like, do you want to marry Kate? Um, <laughs> would you like to make a plan first? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, the plan is fuck some shit up. And then you guys will be like, can you sit down? And I'll be like, no. And you'll be like, sit down. Like, I feel like that's how it would go down. But speaking of characters that we identify with, mother... Fucking Ripley, yes. I think it's time to talk about her. I literally have never identified yeah. with anybody more when I was growing <laughs> up at times than Ripley. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I just grew up in very dude-dominated interest. You know, I played video games. That's true. Skateboarded, and I like to work on cars, and I know a lot about these nerdy things. And, I mean, even to this day, like, I have a giant Millennium Falcon tattoo on my thigh and people are like so have you seen star wars and i'm like no Pixar didn't happen please send it to me i want to see it i'm okay. very excited about yeah, it yeah but i'm like you. no i've never What's seen that? the movies i just felt like tattooing it on my body permanently i guess so it's just one of those things where like you're in this very male dominated world and you know what the fuck you're talking about and you are intelligent and knowledgeable on what it is that you're doing but people are constantly like well, I mean, maybe we can just let Chad do it. And I'm like, no, I, I got it. I can do it. And they're like, but what about Bill? Bill can do it. I'm just, Chad. It just sounded like oh, the right name Chad. to use. No, no. Haven't we probably. done this before? That like every Chad is every, a dude. Like, straight white dude who has been terrible yeah, probably. is Chad. Yeah, yeah that was a Freudian yeah. slip there. No, it was Ted. Oh, Ted. Psycho. It was Ted. Yeah. Ted. Yeah. That's what it so was. I, 
I kind of um, no Chad is Chad is yeah. the contemporary Ted. Chad works too, so Ch- Chad and Ted would always be questioning shit. So like I get it, Ripley, I get it. Also, she's just trying to mind her own damn business and just get shit done and fair follow her type A plan. And people are always fucking it up. And then the aliens come in and ruin the rest of her plan once everyone's dead. And she's like, great, they're all dead. Now we can follow the plan. But no, the xenomorph ruins everything and she's got a speed off in her underwear. I get it, Ripley. She did, though. She She saved the damn day, though, is what she did. She broke every single stereotype of movies at that time. So... Yeah, because um, if it, ba- it was based on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is your, like, prototype for Final Girls. Um, yeah. And the Final Girl trope is usually, like, um, I know that you guys know this, but just to reiterate it, it's, like, usually, like, a very innocent blonde who makes it to the end based on, like, her virtue, but isn't, but shouldn't by all, like, reasonable logic survive past the opening credits because she's kind of dumb usually yeah and um even though ripley survives like she survives based on like merit and skill and level-headedness under pressure um and so it doesn't really fit that trope which is why i was like yeah yeah I, i liked this uh because it doesn't it was refreshing do any of the basic shit yeah it doesn't it's great and that, yeah. after I had finished re-watching it yesterday, I sent Mary Kay a message. I was like, you know the motto in space, nobody can hear you scream, like, tagline that was yeah. alien? I was like, I really think it, I'm just, I'm going to remake it. It's going to be in space, no one can hear you mansplain. Because it's literally what happened through this whole damn mm-hmm. movie. And props to Ripley for keeping a level head, because I would have punched somebody mm-hmm. in the face at that point. Here's the thing, though. You just said you've lived a life... In communities where men didn't take you seriously and you were mm-hmm. surrounded by them, have you? No, nope, you're right. Face? I've gotten real sassy with them. Exactly. Though. I have. It's just it's it's, it's it's the blown out. It's the blown out. Wait, I did punch of... somebody in the face one time. I broke his nose. I went home and cried when I was eight years old, and I told my brother, and he was like, "Line your fist up with his nose and just do it." And so I did, like really slow. I lined it up, and this little boy Chucky, that was his name didn't know what was happening he was really confused and i whacked right in the nose and i broke it yeah and so i went home crying because i knew i was going to get in trouble and my dad was just like at a girl so i wasn't in trouble i thought it was going to be because my dad and his dad were both like in the military together and i was like man i just beat up another master sergeant's son i'm screwed but (laughs) all was well it's a felony or something (laughs) basically I, I, I know the feeling yeah. so well. Um, I actually have yeah, punch dudes like, that piss me off, so I love I'm it. Parker. I love it. <laughs> I would love to be Ripley, and I'm working on that, you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to do better. See, the world needs but. Parkers. Well, I just mean that, you know, we don't, we don't go around, we don't go around snapping the way we yeah. want to, even if we have. We're not doing but it every she day because we wouldn't. Doesn't even make down. a sassy remark. Day, we wouldn't have or friends. roll her eyes. She's just calmly states this is why she made her decision. When people go against it, she's just like, "Fine, bitch, die. I'm not going to fight you on it." But 
Mm-hmm. I do like that she's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, she's not direct. You can see the lack of oh, gender. Go ahead. go ahead. Consideration in the original writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that. There, there's so much about the way well, they Well, the author, act. like, when they had wrote the book, originally Ripley was going to be a male, which was super funny, and he had changed Ripley to a female character, like, in the novelization, kind of last minute, and in casting, they were like, it's going to go either way. So I think, you know, with consideration that she was written with some male, air quotes, I'm doing no one can see on, like, qualities, it kind of makes sense. But I appreciate that they made her this very blunt, yeah. straightforward yeah, just a regular person. Yeah. She's not dudish. She's not feminine. Well, she's it's just something. she's just a person. a person. She's just out here kicking ass in her high top converse. Oh, it's amazing. Right, and that's a right, and that's a thing that can't exist. Not anything you can do, I can do better. That's a thing. That difficulty existing now is still going to exist. Like like even if a person achieves that kind of actualization, they still exist in the culture right now. And yeah, you can imagine that in this this distant future where we can freeze ourselves and travel through space, things have changed enough, maybe, that that that's not the case anymore. And you get to see what that could look like. Um, And it still sucks, because apparently the culture hasn't changed. It's changed enough for her to be this person. It's not changed enough for her to be surrounded by people like her. It's true. But then again, if you consider that 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 she that this could have been a man mm-hmm. playing this role, that like opens up a whole new world of interactions with like how to interpret all these yeah. interactions with everybody. I don't know how I would have felt about the movie if it had been a, a man playing Ripley. No, I think it would <laughs> it would have lost a lot of actually. appeal. Truly, so, it would have. Yeah. 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 At least longevity. No. Might have done as well early, but I feel like it wouldn't be talked yeah. about as much yeah. today. I don't think we care as much. It would be a lot like other yeah. sci-fi alien killing yeah. movies, That's true. Starship Troopers, uh, just with one alien instead buddy. of a cockroach penis. <laughs> of a cockroach penis. Oh my gosh! What's our closing question, Megan? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sticking with in space. No one can hear you mansplain unless I come up with something more creative in the meantime. I'm going to ponder upon it. Okay. What was the one? I like Ben's too. That one was funny. Or the one that you said Ben had. What was Ben's? Was it the one that he said like in space everyone smokes? No? No. <laughs> Someone oh. else. <laughs> that was our friend Oh, of that the was podcast. friend of the podcast, Charles. That's what it was. Me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I confused names. Um, yeah, friend of the podcast, Charles. But I'm going to come up with great. my own. That's a good one, but I'm going to come. No, up definitely with come up with your own because uh-huh. I want to hear what you have, what you come up with. I got okay, it. I got I'm mine. <laughs> Let's hear it. In space, all underwear is one size. <laughs> and horrific looking. That's genius. That one's great. <laughs> and horrific That's- looking. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. In space, all underwear is one size. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, as much as I love sexual, oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
Sexuality. That's, That's a like, Snoop Dogg song. <laughs> I love that it's a rejected song from Mary Popson. Mary Popson. Mary Poppins. Mary Popson. Sexuality. Sexuality. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's incredible. I went Snoop Dogg. You went. Yes. Mary Snoop Pop- Dogg and Mary Poppins. That was drastically different. All right, Ben. Yeah. Do you have one? I know it's really hard when Mary Kay puts you on oh, the spot. God. She doesn't tell us all the time. My brain the last few minutes. I know. It's a good one. I thought you already had a one. question. I was just thinking of them uh, in case you didn't. That's true. Space, there you that's go. a good one. Fuck you. Damn. It's good. All right, it's good. Mary. We're killing it in with space, these closing ones. Yeah. In space, trust only the person. <laughs> In space, only the yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was incredible. Yeah. Next, Evil. Yes. <laughs> Evil Dead 1. Yeah, so... Watch Evil Dead with us. And then we have uh, the movie Raw, which is on Netflix. It's, oh, it's awesome. And then Pan's Labyrinth. In a good way. This lineup. (laughs) So good. We did it. Yes. Together. Ben, thank you so much for coming to talk to us about Alien. You're an expert. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thank you all for having me. It was great. It was nice to meet uh, those you hadn't met yet. Bye. Trust no one but the pussy. Bye.